Howdy, folks. This is Chris White, and you're listening to Basic Business Advice. We're back again with our panel, Ken Hostetler from White Law Office, Jordan Mullet from Sandler Training in the Berlin Escape Room, and Dan Oalabi from Branches Worldwide and Oalabi Leadership. Uh, guys, today we're going to take on a topic about decision making. And it's one of the topics that gets me a little bothered because I have a strong opinion about this. This is specifically decision making with committees, where you have a panel of people, where you have maybe have a board, where you maybe have a group uh, of your own team inside your business, but that you see people defer to committees to make decisions. Now, as you can tell, I already have a strong opinion about this, but people don't tune in to basic business advice to hear my opinion. They tune in to hear, hear your opinion. And Dan, in pregame, we were talking just a little bit, and you have a very strong position on decision-making by committee. So let's, let's toss the ball to you first. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I am in the camp where I think decision-making by committee is one of the worst decisions that a leader can do. I think it really is a sign of a leader's inability to make the difficult calls in the moment when they need to. I think relying on consensus 100% of the time is a recipe for disaster and a sign of insecurity. I mean, there's no way around it. And I think some of the best leaders are the ones that use committees to gain advice and insight, but ultimately they tell people, look, this is a discussion. I am making the decision, not because they have an ego, but because they know that there are moments when you have to make quick decisions and someone has to go with their gut. You're never going to have all the information. You're never going to know everything. And not everyone is going to be happy every time you make a decision. But the job of a leader is more often than not to make a difficult call in the moment when it's necessary. And deferring to a, to a committee to make those big decisions all the time, that is horrible. You, why do you have a leader at all if you're going to make a decision via community? And anyone who disagrees with me is an idiot. Well, oh, this is a moment where I wish our listeners could see the screen where we're recording and see your guys' faces right now. Because I thought, had two thoughts while you were talking, Dan. One, that Jordan Mullet was going to reach through the screen and two, that Ken Hostetler was just going to walk away <laughs> from the screen <laughs> at this moment. So, Jordan, you're the first one to unmute. Let's bring come it, to you. bring it, guys. Bring it. Yeah. yeah, here's the truth. You want to go fast? Go alone, Dan. Go alone. Make all your decisions by yourself. Keep, keep all the power. Do all that. Ignore committees. Don't put people in place. Don't bring advisory committees. Don't do any of that. You want to go fast? Go alone. But the truth is, if you want to go far, right, you want to use wisdom. You're going to bring people around you. You're going to be able to, to empower that team, that committee around you to be able to help make good decisions. Every, every great organization that I've been part of has a strong team or committee that is there that uses unanimous decision-making power to help put things in place. That's what makes a strong organization. There's good fighting. There is agreement. There is disagreement. It's all of that coming together. So you need others. You need other opinions. You need people that are completely different than you. It, that's what makes a great team or a committee. That's, uh, I, you're wrong. Hey, Jordan, I, that's I, all I, I can Jordan, tell you. I, Jordan, I, I understand what you're saying, but man, I tell you what, I am all for diversity. I'm all for teams. I know that you can't do it on your own. I'm all for that. But I think when it comes down to the actual making of a decision, 
I think the hallmark of a great leader is his ability or her ability to build consensus. But if you can't build consensus, you can't wait for everyone to get it right away. Sometimes you have to move forward and people get it after you're already on the road. But the key of a great leader is to get people to say, I disagree with you in this moment, but I trust you enough to stay on the bus and see if it works out. But if you have everyone that has to be in consensus before you even move down the road, some people can't be convinced unless they see the evidence. And you can't show them the evidence unless you actually get on the bus and move down the road. Now, now, hold on a second here, guys. Let's jump in because I have been working with Ken Hostetler for eight years. And I have seen the face that he just made a number of times in our professional working career. And Ken, I really want to hear what's behind the face you just made. So... I just want to clarify something here, Dan. You're saying get a consensus from who? You're going alone. Why are you needing and building a consensus? You, you just said, I'm, I'm doing it alone. I'm going. I'm in. I'm, I'm the man. I'm the leader. And then you're saying, wait, I need to build a consensus? Talk me through that. Well, I think, I think ultimately, Ken, great point. I think ultimately, you need a team around you. It's not that you don't have advisors. It's not that you don't have people with specific responsibilities in the organization. But sometimes when it comes down to making major decisions, there has to be a point person. And so I think the best leaders build a strong team. They identify individuals who have competence, chemistry, and character, and they pull them into the organization. But then they get their advice on things that need to be done. But then ultimately, they're the ones that say, okay. We are going north, not south. We're going east, not west. And sometimes those people who are within the organization, vice presidents, executives, whatever, those individuals are like, no, 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 I disagree. But I trust you enough to continue down this road in the direction that I'm not 100% sure about, knowing that the evidence will bear itself out. And I think if a leader says, well, I have to have everybody on board and everybody agreeing with me before I can even move in the direction that I think we need to go in, they'll never go anywhere. It'll take forever to make decisions. So I just wondering uh, how, I mean, should I start looking for a flight to Cuba or Venezuela or, I mean, any place that we're talking about here, I mean, is it the very foundation of our nation? Did you just call me communist? Did you just call me communist? You just called me a communist. That's what I heard. The is what's coming to mind here. I mean, I, I realize like people do have to make decisions, but if there's nobody behind those decisions and nobody gets a say in what's happening, isn't that the very definition of what we're talking about? I mean, yeah, Dan, it, you're saying build a strong team, right? But then you're saying that some of them aren't going to be able to come along fast enough. Then why'd you pick them? If you need to be able to make fast decisions, then you better build a team that's able to run at the speed that you are. Like that, that's the whole premise of a team. If you leave somebody behind, it's no longer a team. Well, I don't necessarily think you have to leave people behind. I think I've followed leaders before who they've asked me for my opinion and they trust my judgment and I've given my opinion and they, they say, hey, that's a great point, Dan. But given all the other information and all the other things I know, I disagree with you. And I think we should try this for X number of months. And I'm like, well, I think it's going to fail, but I am willing to stick with you and we'll watch it together. And I could be wrong and you could be wrong. But regardless of what happens, I'm willing to let you, and I'm willing to defer my own decision-making ability and let you make the decision because you're the boss. And then we'll see how this turns out. So I'm still on the team, right? But I'm allowing them to make the decision. And I think ultimately that's what has to happen where you have to defer to the leader and say, look, you're the one who's responsible for this decision. I am advisor. I'm with you. I'm, I'm not going to quit if this goes wrong. I'm right there with you till the ship goes down. But ultimately, you're the one that's making the decision. That's what a great team is. 
Dan, let me ask you a question. And Jordan, maybe you and Ken can jump in on this one as well. In your opinion, Dan, is the leader's failure to be that decision point, to just go with what they know needs to be done, if they don't do that, is that a failure of responsibility? Is that a failure of accountability? Is that a failure of leadership if they just can't make that decision apart from having buy-in or consensus or unanimity among um, their team? What, what is that to you? What does that speak to about that leader? Yeah, that's a great, great question, Chris. I would say that speaks to their, their propensity to like being liked. I mean, what they really want is for everyone to like them. And they're afraid of maybe ticking somebody off for a week or two weeks or whatever, because they're convicted about an idea where they really want everyone to like them. I think ultimately, I've talked to leaders at really high levels who have that like innate fear. What they really do is they want everyone to just love them. And they want that more than making a decision that's in the best interest of the company. I think the best leaders are the ones that are able to build relationships and then get results through those relationships, knowing that they're going to make people mad along the way, but they've built strong enough relationships with people that can stand some moments of difficulty. You know, they've done all the small things to make people say, I, I really love this guy. Or I really love this guy. He's taken me off today, but man, I really love them in the long term, and I want to be a part of this organization. Those are the best leaders. Your inability to make those decisions in those difficult moments say that you really want to be liked more than you want to be a leader. Jordan, then Ken, I want to hear your counterpoints to this. I, Dan, you're saying a lot of good things. I agree with it. I'm just thinking that we're coming from the wrong area. The majority of leaders, right? The ones that are struggling, they're already going alone. So telling them, hey, you don't need a unanimous decision, I think is crazy because the majority of those leaders need people around them that are slowing them down, pushing them in the places that they're struggling with, the very essence they need to slow down to be able to take people with them. That's the whole premise. So I, I'm not hearing anything else. I'm really struggling because I'm thinking of that leader that has been putting it on his shoulder for how many years and he's doing it alone and he's just not going as far as he could be. He needs to bring a team around him, empower them, give them the permission to disagree with them and say, we're going to move forward when we're all together on this and I'm willing to wait on you. I'm going to push. You're allowed to pull, but we're going to go together and we're going to do it together. I, that's all I can hear and that's all I can think about. Big Ken, you come in on this. What is your, what is your thoughts on this? Well, uh, you know, naturally, I would disagree with both Jordan and Dan on this uh, because I feel like it falls somewhere in between. I think that you should not require a unanimous decision in order to move ahead with things in some decisions because you may have some person who's just going to disagree all the time. I've been a part of those situations where it doesn't matter what it is. They just want to disagree for disagreement's sake. On the other hand, I think to say that a leader should just get to make all the decisions and not have a team behind them. I mean, we've seen the lone wolf. We see how ineffective that can be. So uh, to me, there's got to be a balance there of saying, okay, there are decisions that have to be made on a daily basis. I can't call a meeting on this every day, but there are decisions that, you know what, it's wise for me to seek counsel and look at what other people are doing maybe find some type of consensus that to me, it doesn't need to be uh, unanimous and move ahead with it. So Ken, you've just, you've just tried to bridge this gap. You've just tried to bridge the gap between Jordan and Dan. But when it comes right down to it, are we talking about life stages of a business? Are we talking about different places? You know, obviously when somebody's starting, you've got you, you've got to make that decision. But 10 years down the road, 
maybe it's not you. Is that what we're talking about here? Is a life stage cycle kind of thing where everybody's going to grow into a committee decision-making function at some point in time? Dan, you're shaking your head pretty pretty strongly. But Ken, let me come back to you. Is, is that what you're saying? Is Where are we at on that? Look at every publicly held company. They all have a board of directors who then chooses a CEO or president or other person in charge. What is that? It's a committee. Guess who's behind the board of directors? The shareholders. They get to vote. They get to make decisions. It's thousands of people that that get to speak into that. So absolutely, I, I agree when you're starting out, that may be different. Uh, but name a publicly held company that does not have a board of directors. Well, I mean, I, and I think that's true. Um, Ken, they're making a great point. But I think ultimately with publicly traded companies, there's somebody who holds the majority share. And there's somebody who says, like, look, like I own most of this company and a lot of them. And so I think ultimately it's super important for individuals to say, like, hey, like there is somebody here who has more more at stake than the rest of us. And it's important for us to defer to that person when things get tough. Most of the time, we should be able to talk things out. Most of the time, it's the responsibility of the, the responsibility of the leader to get all the information on the table so everyone sees all the same things and they can make an informed decision together. Most of the time, that's the case. But the, the leader needs to be able to hold that nuclear option and say, look, guys, I know we can't come to an agreement on this. And I want you to trust me. I need you to trust me in this moment. And so ultimately, I think leaders that can't do that and that can't make that call and allow conversation to go round and around and around and around till everyone agrees. And the ultimate decision is something far less than what it should be. I think that's a sign of weak leadership. Jordan, what do you add into this? Yeah, I okay. So here, here's the real problem, right? It's still going to be a team. If you have the wrong people at the table, you're going to struggle. And I have watched leaders in organizations where they want a team around them. They want to be able to take things to them. And they haven't put people around them, put people at the table that deserve to have a voice, right? Because they are that person that just argues for argument's sake. They don't really care about the organization. They don't care about the leader. They're not willing to give in. And I think that still comes back to it. So you as a business leader, I'm, I'm talking to you. You need to have strong voices at your table that you can trust. You need to have people that are going to have your back, that are willing to die for your organization. That way, you know that when you take stuff to them, they're going to be putting the organization first, even if it means disagreeing with you, all the different things that happen. But if you're going to take decision-making power and give it to a weak team, man, you are in all kinds of trouble. Man, I'm, a, I'm 100% agree with Jordan there. I think that is, that is totally right. And I think I'm going to add to that and say that you need to have clear decision-making principles. I think everyone needs to agree on what it actually looks like to make a decision. And so a leader can say, hey, look, I have the final decision-making power here, but we're going to have a discussion before we make any major decision. Everyone is going to understand all the pieces and everyone is going to have a say in this before I make a final call. And if, if the leader can honor that and honor the team in the process, then ultimately, I think everyone wins. And I think everyone's like, hey, look, you heard my voice and you, heard, you saw where I was coming from. It's your decision to make. And I'm behind you regardless. But thank you for abiding by the values that we already put in place before this decision became an urgent one. There, and, and remember, there's only one way to get good at this, right? Unfortunately, if you're going to learn to work with a team, you're going to learn to work with a committee, you're going to have to start forming committees. You're going to have to bring people around you. You're going to have to be willing to submit as a leader to a group, you're going to have to be willing to say, I screwed up here. Or I did this. I don't know if it's the smartest. And there's only one way to get good at it. You got to go do it. You got to put people at the table and say, look, I need help. I can't do this alone. Absolutely.
Absolutely. And the only way to keep them at the table is by listening to their opinions and actually taking them seriously when they disagree with you. Ken, you've been quiet here for a little bit now since you agitated the waters. Where, where are you landing on all this? Yeah, I mean, I look at it more from a practical standpoint of just trying to figure out, okay, what does this mean? Going back to when you start the business. So, you know, you do have to make all of those decisions, but there's a practical aspect of saying, I need a team. Chris, you've been through this, that you build a team, you figure out who has a voice at the table, exactly what the guys are talking about, but then figuring out, okay, when do I need to listen to them? And when do I have to make a decision? That becomes a really difficult aspect in this of what decisions do I make? What decisions do I seek advice on? And do I have a committee on? And that's kind of the next step that you have to start figuring out. This is a, guys, I want to step back for a second from this and kind of look at this uh, as a a takeaway, because I think that you guys have highlighted, Dan, you've highlighted one side of there needs to be somebody who's going to go, somebody who's going to make this decision. Jordan, Ken, you've really highlighted the wisdom that can come from group think, the wisdom that can come from a collaboration of invested and skilled people, not just people, but invested and skilled people that, and I think the middle ground there, it circles around an idea I'd like for you guys to unpack real quick. Let's take away the terminology committee and let's talk about advisors. You have a leader of a corporation. What should they be looking for in a group of advisors that would be helping them? What, what is the best kind of people that they could pull into there? And I assume you're all going to say yes, men. Yeah, obviously, Chris, that's the most important thing is you get people that are going to smile and nod, take their paycheck. They show up, they agree. And honestly, I think that is one of the most difficult things is to get people to fight. It is difficult to be able to create an environment where you can bring people in and you value their voice enough, even if they're quiet, that you can find out, do they disagree? What's their gut telling them? Why do they not feel like this is right? So you want to know who to put at the table? You need people that have been there. You need people that are comfortable with their voice or you're willing to develop their voice either way, but that they can speak up and disagree. And if you want it, one of the best things you can do is get people that have been there or are ahead of you. I had a, a, a business owner tell me, this has probably been five years now, we were sitting down and he had a family business. And he told me, he said, Jordan, the best thing that I ever did to be able to take my company up to over a billion dollars is to be able to say, look, I appreciate you guys as family, but you're not the right people. And he went and put an advisory board together and he said, here's what I need. And he started having different voices at the table and his decision-making changed and how he operated changed and allowed him to grow at a different pace. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with Jordan there too. I think that's a strong point, but I think he's missing something. I think it's, it's really difficult to get people who have experience at the table if they've never been at the table, right? I mean, I think ultimately you can't just get all the people who've been there before. I think really what Jordan is saying is what you don't want are insecure people. You don't want people who are all about posturing or all about winning. What you want are people who are interested in serving the mission and serving the company. And they're strong enough in who they are to be able to take a couple of hits along the way and say, hey, look, I could be wrong, but I'm trying to do this for the best interest of the company, not for my own ego, not because I'm trying to look like I have all the answers. I'm trying to actually put the best interest of the company first. And if you have those people who are secure and not insecure, and are also experienced, right? They, they have some perspective. Then you're on your way to forming a really good team. 
Well, I'll, I'll say this. I, I don't disagree with those points, but this comes back to what you were saying about being a great leader. Guess what? If you're going to have a great leader, he's going to create a safe space for people to speak and speak the truth. And so I don't go away from we need a committee, but someone is going to help create that space for them. Well, guys, this is fantastic. And this was one of our most lively podcasts yet. And I appreciate all the energy you guys brought to it. Listeners, if you have questions or thoughts about this or something that Jordan, Dan, or Ken said that kind of resonated with you, all of them are available online. You can find them. Just look up Jordan at uh, the Ruby Group Sandler Training. Look up Dan at Oalabi Leadership uh, or Branches Worldwide or Ken at the White Law Office. Uh, com. You can find them all online. You can follow up with them and you can ask them some questions if something resonated with you. Guys, thank you so much. And on behalf of uh, Dan Olabi, Jordan Mullet, and Ken Hostetler, this is Chris White. We ask that you like, rate, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on and have a great day.